11th of August. Do I say August 11th or 11th of August? What do I normally say? I don't know. It depends on how much you're trying to annoy me. Now, listen, out, out of the two of us, if one of them is trying to annoy the other, I think our listeners could put good bets on whether that person is called Catherine. See, you're moving the microphone now. With Fractionally a... away from me, because uh, it was annoying me. August 11th, 1979. That's how Americans say it. August 11th, 19 yeehaw, 79! We'd say like the 11th of August. Like the 11th of August, 1979. See? What? You're trying to annoy me. I'm not trying to annoy you. Yes, you are. Okay, right. Eight. No, hang on. 1979. No, 1978. 11. Eight. Garfield V. Jim Davis Cat. Strip comic for. Did you just give the date in international format? In which case, that's fine. <laughs> Is that fine? Because that's indexable. Is that index? Right, okay, so Oracle wouldn't have a problem with this. <clears throat> no. if, we, if we put this podcast into Oracle, it'd be like, yeah, that's the date. Yeah, international date format makes sense. 11th of August, 1978. Crash. 10 billion dogs in this world, <laughs> and I get Tweedledee the Wonder dummy have you not read the word dogs before no i just it's quite far away and the text is very small just and squished together and i find it hard to read from this distance just before i hit record i said you're further away than normal you're like no i'm not i'm all near i'm right no i'm not it's, i always have problems reading it when i sit here oh my but you know I, we could just also look at the text it's like because it's cartoon comic text it's quite squished together which makes it difficult to look at you know we can we can make this look bigger no <laughs> okay so so no control and plus for you, Absolutely young lady. Not. Um, I've decided that today you can introduce the podcast. I don't want to, though. I, I, I also knew that this would happen. I knew that I'd say that, and then some kind of rum horse shit would come my yeah, way. Yeah, well, I'm well, feeling belligerent today. Oh, that's a change, as opposed to your normal acquiescent and amenable self. I've just, I know, I've just realised that the last easily ten... I've been almost like, hello and welcome to Biscuit Tin Doodars, where we look through a biscuit tin and see what doodars are inside. Today, it's a pincushion. You've taken on that role because I think you, the professional in you, doesn't like, like bulks against the format and content of this endeavour. Whereas I'm not in any way, shape or form an entertainment professional and therefore, you know, people get what they're given. <laughs> or perhaps the trappings of professionalism that I try to drape across this only serve to highlight its otherwise ramshackle and disrespectful nature. Allowing, no, allowing, no, that ain't it. Allowing some bright light to help cast your horrible dark shadows. No, no. No, you don't, no. You don't think that by, no. by having it start off at least sounding like professional content and then inevitably crumbling into nonsense. No. It sets it up and it sets up a kind of... Would you like no. to introduce... Would you like to no. introduce... <laughs> Just... Just try. And... Oh, go on then. Let me have a bit of tea first. Well, now I need to fill time while you're. We're going to talk about that tea as well because that's weird. Hello, how you doing? Um, we're doing a podcast. Um, it is a podcast that is called "I Don't Like Mondays" um, because that seemed like a good idea at the time, and um, we sort of talk about Garfield, but we don't really. So that's what happens, really. Hello, I'm Cat. Hi. <sighs> that actually hurt like it felt like a whole new sphincter had developed around my spine and was puckering 
as, as a result. Well, people know what they're in for. They? they might not. This might be somebody's first, God help them, it might be somebody's first episode. Because there, there, there was that person um, on the Akewood Facebook page who was all, oh, I, I stumbled across this and went to post it here, and it turned out it's a, a cha-cha-cha-run organisation. And somebody might stumble across this thing. Oh, a Garfield podcast. I like that. Right. That. So anyone who is listening to this because of a sincere love of Garfield hmm. um, is not welcome. Whoa. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. John Logblythe, hello John if you're listening, had, as a youth, potentially still does, a sincere love of Garfield. Would you say that Log is not welcome? Log is welcome. Well, there we go. What I mean by that is people who just want to hear someone reviewing a comic strip. Like, they're not interested in any extraneous material. They love Garfield. They want to be Garfield. (laughs) Everything in their house is Garfield. And all they want to hear about is Garfield. This is not the podcast for them. Okay. Junior Beers grants you... An on-off wish, not like you've got three wishes, choose what you like, gives you the option, you can be Garfield. No. No? Life of luxury, intermittent irritation. You'd have to deal with John Arbuckle and Odie. I already do, in a very real sense, on a daily basis. You are. Well, like, I'm not playing now. What? God I'm damn. taking my ball and going home. Would you not choose to live the life of Garfield? No. And I don't mean like in a Twilight Zone, oh, it turns out you, you wanted to be a comfortable cat that's responsible for a multi-billion dollar empire, but then you break your glasses. Oh, spooky. Hello, I'm Rod Sterling. I'm... <laughs> is that what the Twilight Zone is? Yes. <laughs> imagine a world. Imagine a world with a disrespectful cat, a man in his home. But his home is not his own. He's disrespected by the only companion he has. In the Garfield Zone. I'm trying to think about whether or not I would watch that. What the Garfield Zone? Probably for a couple of minutes, if I was like channel surfing. Would it? Would it just be Garfield, or would it be just what? I think what you just if, described Garfield and friends. Yes, that Crimebusters of the Sea. Mm. Would it? Would it be just Twilight Zone presented by the Lombard Direct Telephone? Imagine yes. a telephone that could talk, <laughs> ensuring your life with cash value. The Lombard Direct Telephone always reminded me a little bit of oh, a no, toilet was, for some reason. It was loans. 0800 216,000. You want a low-cost loan at your convenience? Yeah. Call Lombard Direct on 0800 216,000. Do you remember when they just advertised loans all over the place? Mm. I... What, imagine. That, that that could never lead to a, a terrible <laughs> situation. There's a, there's a shoe manufacturer that I follow on Twitter. I might have unfollowed them because it was depressing me. And every one of their posts is like, also available on Tick. Like, get into debt to buy a pair of shoes. I saw an advert that was um, like, oh, order pizza, pay over three months. And yeah, your face is exactly my face. The the Janus of podcasting. Horrendous. That's really upsetting. So, hello and welcome to I Don't Like Mondays. It's an unedited... I've already done that! Unedited. I've already done the introduction. You're not allowed to do it. You didn't say it was unedited. I don't need to. <laughs> We're letting people work us out for themselves. The material speaks for itself. Right, okay. You didn't say it was a husband and wife affair. We I could just be I two. I don't need to. We, uh, okay. Our marital status is irrelevant <laughs> to, our, none of to our creative output. <laughs> 
You didn't say who I was. Well, I, I don't it, need we'll, to. We'll get around to it eventually. <laughs> that guy, that'll work out in the wash, Kelly. What I, what I did say was, I'm Cat, hello, and then, like, you know, gesture to you as an yeah, opportunity I, for you to introduce I was yourself. too busy shriveling inside out at the way that you'd introduced this thing, which was, um, yeah, all right, okay, uh, this is a podcast, I suppose. Hello, What's wrong how with are that? You? It gets the key information over. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> You know how you feel watching those Final Fantasy X streams (laughs) where somebody just blunders through and, like, arguably things happen correctly or rather in in an order that leads towards the goal, but it's by no means optimal. I'm not saying we should min-max this podcast. Let's not speedrun a podcast. I can do it. I just choose not to. I'd like to see what it sounds like. Just... Just no, because you're trying to trick me into doing it properly. <laughs> this isn't a Rumpelstiltskin situation. It is. it is. I saw the Rumpelstiltskin situation at the Brixton Academy in 2018. That would be a really good name for a play. The Rumpelstiltskin situation. Yeah. What would that involve? Well, I think what it would involve is it would have like a really a really pretentious poster and it would be on at the National. Hmm. And I was going to say it would like, be at the National. Yeah, and like it's got a kind of an air of it being, you know, a, a big metaphor for one of the the big questions of the human condition, like loss or faith mm. or war. But what it actually is, is a really shit puppet retelling of Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with like hand puppets. And that's literally just it. With a, like, he's got a little name badge that says, hello, my name is Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, Open it's like, brackets, shush, don't it's, tell. It's, a, it's a, like a, um, what's the word? Like a bait and switch. <clears throat> right. Whether you think you're going to go and see some serious theatre and it's just a... Actually, that reminds me of a performance of Macbeth we went to see when I was at school. Have I talked on this podcast before about the performance of Hedda Gabler that I saw when I first went up to the Edinburgh Festival? I went up with my school. We were doing a musical. I must have been 17 or 18. At one point, I found a chip shop that late at night sold beers under the counter. It was incredible. Um, and we went to see this production of Hedda Gabler in a hotel room. Right. And there were no... A hotel had just decided to get in on the fringe To, to say it was a venue. Yeah. Like, it was literally a, a, a handful of seats in a room with some people performing the play. And, like, by, by no means do I think you should slavishly adhere to every last stage direction. Well, no, because that, that sounds quite interesting, given the, like, Hedda Gabler itself. There, there are ways in which you could make it into, like, a sort of opulent kind of an interesting performance. But this I suspect was, that's no, not what happened. this wasn't yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, there's coughing time. Excuse As me. I say, there's there's like you, you don't need to slavishly adhere to every stage no, direction. However, unless in, you're performing Samuel Beckett, there we go. In, in case the the, the stage will just come down it. on you like a ton in, of bricks. In Hedda Gabler, the portrait of General Gabler mm. dominates every scene yes, it does. because it dominates Hedda's life. It kind of has to. It kind of has yeah. to. It weighs on everything that happens. Hedda yeah. is broken because of the general yeah. and the way that Hedda breaks, like. Um, uh, what's his name? Not not Jürgen. Um, oh, it's been years since I've seen it already. Oh, what's his name? Um, I've got it on the shelf. I look. I look. Love war. Uh, like the way she breaks him and all of this is is because of that damage. There wasn't even a fucking postcard of the cunt. There wasn't even like a Polaroid. Like, because there's interesting things you could do with that. Like, instead of having one big portrait, lots of little. You could have lots of little locket, ones. You could uh, have a, have a locket with her. You could have um. Uh, you know, like in the way that you on a get... phone background. Well, no, what it's modern I was, now. What I was thinking was like, you know, when you go to like a wedding or a funeral, and there's like an order of service. You could have like an order of service on the seats, which is a yep. big picture of him, and you open it up, and there's another picture, and it's never mentioned anywhere else. You could. There were really interesting ways you could do it. Yeah, they but just, they chose not to. They they just didn't have a picture of General Garbler. <laughs> 
Um, and I, like, again, like, I, is that I, the one with the pistols on the uh, on the mantelpiece? Uh, no. Which one's that? Is that the other one? Oh, no, I can't remember. Uh, I don't think it's the one with the pistols. It's the one where she burns the manuscript that Eilert's writing. Yeah, um, I'm burning your baby. Again. I'm burning your baby. Which is the other one where there's the pistols on the mantelpiece that get used, and there's that famous thing about you know if there are some pistols you have to use them or if, something. If like pistols that. Yeah. in the first act. They yeah, use yeah. There is another. I think I I'm don't, sure I that's don't an Ibsen play. That's, no, that's Chekhov. You, are you sure? Unicorn. Chekhov's gun. Yeah, Chekhov's gun. But I'm sure there's an Ibsen play which has pistols probably on a mantelpiece. I don't think. Somewhere. I don't think it's had a gun. Maybe I'm getting confused. If it if it is had a gun, it, it didn't have pistols either. No, because um, I'm just. Yeah. And it was it was like I've I've got a lot of sympathy for a for a company that puts on a production that they know is bad. And they feel sort of railroaded into it because the costs of going to the Edinburgh Fringe. Yes, I mean, they are in Hedda Gabler. Yeah, there is a pair of pistols in Hedda Gabler, and I think they get used at the end. Um, but anyway, when we were leaving, presumably no pistols either. No. When <laughs> how the, did? But they're a function, like an important function of the. As we were leaving, right. Some of our our party were in the lift on the way down with a couple of the cast. Oh no! An awkward up. silence. No, no, really. No, no. The cast apologised. Wow. Yeah. What, what, I mean... Just for putting on a real bad, a real toilet play. It was really bad. It sounds I wish, almost I like a performance well. piece in and of itself. <laughs> what, like the, the, the real <laughs> drama is in the lift on the way out? Yeah, in a sort of like the play that goes wrong kind of way, but in a serious way, rather than a sort of slightly shitty West End, we're going to make as much money as we can out of this concept way. I don't think that's fair. No, it's not fair. <laughs> that's part of the performance. <laughs> You can't just say things. I'm being an it's, it's like when you post like um, terrible thing, terrible, sad, maudlin things on Twitter, and I'm like, "What's this?" And you're like, "Oh no, I'm just talking shit." Well, you people don't know that. You can't just like the play that goes wrong. I'm sure they they put a lot of work into it and then got sick of doing it because it's what they were most known for. It like. As a piece, I'm sure it was lovely I'm sure it was when very it good. started. Yeah. But to just say, like, but it's everywhere now. Oh no, success. No, but there's there's something about these things where, like, you know, what? Where does the line between, where is the line of artistic integrity? If something becomes a franchise, does that diminish the original work? I don't think so. I don't think success can diminish a thing apart from the comic that we're currently reviewing. I was about to say you're seriously saying that in the context I of don't what, think what this podcast is. Success can. Diminishing of do, do you remember? I, the- don't, I think that, I think what's interesting there is that you've extrapolated the word success from what I was saying, um, and I think from it, it's about yeah, the, the line of artistic integrity. Like at what at what point does something become a franchise? If you see what I mean. So you, you if you have, and I'm not I'm not talking in the sense of um, like performing um, around the regions as opposed to the West End, for example. You know where a play goes on tour. Because that's brilliant, you know. Local theatre, regional theatres are brilliant, and it's important that lots and lots of stuff gets moved around so lots and lots and lots of people can get the opportunity to see things that they want to see. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is like kind of increasingly derivative um, uh, instances of something. Now, are you so when you say derivative, do you mean like the play that goes wrong too, the horse that well, goes there, wrong? There's, like there's loads sort of, of them, or, yeah. Because because like okay, take Operation Mincemeat. Wonderful, uh, this is the, the musical, yeah. not the film. Wonderful thing. If they started selling the book of that, and like a Los Angeles theatre company. Do you mean the book of it? What do you mean? The book, the, the, the script. The, oh, the script the, of it. The, the, the script yeah. of the music and all of that. If they started selling that and a Los Angeles theatre yeah. company performed it without any of the original actors, but using the same, like using the words, using the music, using the 
So one of the things written into the script yeah. is that it's gender swapped. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So did, performing the play. Yeah, yeah. Is that derivative? Of course not. Is that a franchise? No, of course not. Well, what, what's what's? Well, the- I mean, by, by franchising, it's like to, to, where an original idea gets repeated and repeated and repeated and basically stomps into the ground. In what way? Like in what- the sense of the core conceit of something is reinvented. Um, and folded in on itself so many times. So with that, it's like the play that goes wrong. It's now it's like I saw an advert for something. I can't literally Magic can't remember that what goes it was. Wrong. Yeah, it's just everything that's going wrong. And it's like, okay, you had this original idea, and I'm sure it was brilliant, but but do something new. So the example you gave of like Operation Minsme being performed by an LA theatre company, of course not. That's that's just someone performing a play. That's literally how plays work. Okay. You have you have scripts and then people get handed them around. Well, yeah, we I, literally just talked about Samuel Beckett what, controlling his estate. I estates was wondering what you extent. meant by like derivation. Do you think that the people behind that are, are happy doing that? Do you think that they're they're happily churning a content mill? Or do you think that maybe they've got contractual obligations that they're I don't know. to? Because, I don't know. Because it, it sounds like there's an error, like an element of, of judgment to like Yes, know, there is. This is this is the part of this is the point of criticism. Is to pass some form of judgment on something. But I'm not judging the people. Can, well, that's the thing. I'm it's, judging it's very... the derivation, and those people, you know, that. And there also does come a point. This, I think, you fundamentally misunderstood the purpose of criticism. Oh, have I? Go on, yeah. please tell me why I fundamentally <laughs> well, misunderstood well, the purpose no, of it. No, I mean that you know that if if you're, <clears throat> I don't know what their contractual arrangements are, and in a way, they're sort of irrelevant to the conversation. Surely. Like, you can separate out the integrity of the artistic piece from, you know, someone's ability it, to it pay bills. It just felt that the way that, you were, the way that you were framing things, you were impugning their integrity. I know none of them, fuck it. Like, I've got no horse in this race. Well, but there's, it felt there's like bound to be one about- person who's raking it in and probably exploiting other people and raking it in on derivations on a theme. And I think that's partly where some of my ire comes from. There are people who sit at the top and exploit a lot of, you know, talented individuals further down by just churning out the same old shit so over and over again. Capitalism. Yes, my problem is always capitalism. There's no, there's well, no, the- but, but that's, that's, that's not originally what we were saying here. Um, I mean, you know, look at what Hollywood keeps producing. It keeps putting out the same film over and over and over again. It keeps turning over and plowing through existing franchises and existing stories and IP because they don't want to take a risk on anything new. And that to me lacks artistic integrity. I mean, given that we, I, I know that this is splitting hairs, but given that we watched everything everywhere all at once a couple of weeks ago, you you can't make these big blanket statements because there's there's proof to the contrary. I mean, that's a bit disingenuous, I think, is it? to push back on that in that way. Um, the the vast majority of mainstream cinema um, is pushing out. Um, more Star Wars. More, more, more of the more Star Wars. More of the same thing. You get exceptions, which prove the rule. Absolutely, like everything, everywhere, all at once, which was a fabulous film. But I think it's notable that that was um, something that made everyone sit up and take notice. And of course, you get of course you get exceptions. You've always had exceptions, and to a certain extent, you know, it was ever thus. Hollywood is a money making machine. You know, UK film industry is a money making machine. The video game industry is a money making machine, which is one of the reasons I know we've discussed this previously. You know, you have. Um, it, it's great that we've democratised the distribution and production of games because we now have um, a wider, broader, more interesting spectrum of indie games and things which aren't being put out by the major studios on horrific crunch that exploits the workers. But Can I just, I just think- say that horrific <clears throat> crunch would be a great breakfast cereal. It would. Or I was thinking, I was thinking of a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> 
When you're chewing something and like there's either a bit of salt or a bit of bone or something that's an unexpected like it would probably it's a be salt or, something. And it's or like a sound. Yeah. And you worry that like a tooth has bar, gone. Yeah. But that but in chocolate bar form, you just every bite you think a tooth has broken. <laughs> Introducing Cadbury's horrific crunch. You won't buy a second. Oh, <laughs> Well, now we've had that interlude. (laughs) Because I was just thinking like a spooky breakfast cereal, but but then yeah, with a chocolate bar, just there's something running through the middle of it that oh yeah, that that was refreshing. Thank you. That's that's really brightened my day. (laughs) (laughs) After that interlude, I forgot what I was talking about. Anyway, some Uh, bollocks. You were talking. Yeah, it was some bollocks. It was about. uh, But it was bollocks with integrity. Bollocks with integrity. Mm. That's my um, underwear line. Uh, One of the you asked about actually interesting. You asked about Operation Mincemeat, um, and that is a play which deserves success. It deserves to go out and be performed by, um, you know, lots and lots of theatre companies across the world, and to be seen by lots and lots of theatre companies. Ah. but. One of the reasons why these things don't get the recognition that they deserve is because of this constant churn of derivative material. If the Operation Mincemeat team made another play musical thing, it was a musical. It was a thing about a like a weird instance, either just in war or history, and it had all all the heart. It had songs. So it was a it piece had, of quality theatre. It what you're was. Saying. It was. Operation Mincemeat in different clothes. It was it was applying <clears throat> what they did to the story of Operation Mincemeat to something else. Yeah. Would that be derivative? Is it a piece of quality theatre, is the question that you'd have to ask. And I would say, if the answer is yes, which is what you've just said from what you said there... Um, then yeah, absolutely. That would be a, that would be an art, well, you know how, something how of artistic worth. The, the problem is the, the play that goes wrong, magic that goes wrong, the, the horse that goes is wrong isn't you get, quality you get de- How do you know it's that? You how get diminishing you- returns though when when the kind of the same formulae are constantly applied Have over and over and over again. Plays? No. Well, how can you say that with such authority in your voice? How how can you not like constantly have something whirring in the back of your mind saying, "I'm just talking bollocks. I'm I'm speaking from no what Oh, I see. A, a small laugh. That's the game that you're playing. <laughs> what a foolish question. Um, but what about people who take you seriously? The the, 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 the point I'm making is that there are there's a constant churn of things which people know will make money. And I have a lot of sympathy with that. Of course I do. Everyone needs to make a living. But that's a separate question to the one about artistic integrity. Um, And if you have, like, consistently derivative works that are constantly reinventing, you know, in inverted commas, um, a core conceit in such a way that it begins to have diminishing returns and you're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel in terms of the concept, the high-level concept, let alone the content, then A, that that crowds out genuinely fresh, new and exciting voices, um, or existing, you know, established voices with new, fresh, exciting work. 
Um, and it also, I think, diminishes our capacity collectively for critical understanding and for um, appreciating new stuff. Now, some people will be listening to this and like yelling at the the audio about like, you know, oh, this is very classist, all the rest of it. Um, I, I don't agree. Um, I think there's um, there's been a diminishing in the terms of the expectations of um, what people will want to read and listen to. I think look at, for example, at the um, the kind of recent people railing against libraries. You know, it used to be that um, going to, um, you know, enjoying classical music, performing theatre, all of these things were actually seen at one point as like, you know, working class occupations. People would go to lectures and things. You know, I remember my grand- my great grandpa, um, well, being told of my great grandpa who was um, in the Baker's Union, you know, they would put on um, lectures and, and, and sort of stuff for folks who were working class. Um, I feel like and, should- and, and I think I think there's just a kind of a collective diminishing of the expectations of what we, we should be demanding in terms of the quality of our entertainment. Now, I agree with that. But one thing I wanted to pick up on is you saying, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel, diminishing returns, blah, 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 blah. You haven't seen any of this. So what you're saying, like your argument... No, but I've no, seen but, the high-level concept. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Your argument works in a void. Like, in as, Welcome as, to criticism. as an argument that works, but you can't apply that to something that you've not encountered. Well, you I saw the, I saw the advert. I saw an advert oh, recently well. for one of these play that or whatever it is, something goes wrong. And I remember looking at it and thinking, God, they're really scraping the bottom here. Well, as a concept. Well, it was the high-level well, concept. If, if I watched an advert for a Cadbury's caramel, I'd think that bunny fucks. But that's got nothing to do with what it's like to eat a bar of Cadbury's caramel. I haven't closed off the possibility that this might be a piece of incredibly high quality, outrageous, avant-garde, innovative theatre. It just feels like... I suspect it's not. It just feels like you're talking with... And every with single, presumed authority about something that you've not and seen. And every single no, no, I'm, I'm. This is what criticism is. Is it? Yes. Well, then it's a hollow nothing if you've not seen the. It's thing simultaneously you're, if, both. If you if you're criticising something <laughs> that you haven't seen or experienced, what are you doing? You're just that's the worst kind of hot air. That's worse than a fucking YouTube reaction video because at least a YouTube reaction video is reacting to something. You're making up a guy to get mad at. I'm and, not. And you're, and you're speaking I'm just, with, I'm just having a little this look. Sort of, this, this authority of like, oh, they're scraping the barrel, they're doing this, they're doing this. But based on nothing, you've got feet of clay. What do you, what? No, is that, this? I, I, I can't remember where I saw the advert, but oh, it was, okay, it's not convenient. the play that goes wrong. It was, it was like there were several thousand different derivations of it now. And it was, yeah, they've got magic that goes wrong, Peter Pan goes wrong. For crying out loud, how many things can go wrong? What the the you've entire not, concept? You've not seen play one of these. The entire concept, you, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm extrapolating from that to talk about derivative art and derivative stuff, but the, which but you, which which constantly reinvents a core conceit. But the foundations of your argument aren't based on anything. They you, are. They're based on the fact that they, these things keep being churned out. They keep being made. Like, would you say, oh, Shakespeare's works keep getting churned He's out. not rewriting they, the same play over and over made... again. Well, neither... Well, you don't know that they are. <laughs> but the core conceit is the same. What the fucking... There's seven stories, Catherine. <laughs> like, what? How All of can... which are different. Yeah. Yeah, but this is, this is the core conceit of these is the same. Something goes wrong. That, but that's applied to... I, it's, you, a, it's not a genre. This is... I... <laughs> 
I think this might be enraging me. That you're 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 talking with such like ah oh, well this is clearly this this is clearly this anybody listening to this and think you knew what you were talking about and it's it's pretend it's something that- but you're also pushing back against me in an interesting argument no I'm- I don't necessarily agree with you and you don't agree with me but we're having an interesting critical argument about oh, the are we having an interesting critical argument or or are you just saying <laughs> I think dandelions taste of horse feathers. And I'm saying that's a nonsense I, I thing because you've not eaten a dandelion and horses don't have feathers. I genuinely think you've fundamentally misunderstood the, the, the point of criticism here. No, I, I'm really worried that I've actually grasped the point of criticism. I've seen that the Emperor's not only naked, he's bending over to pick up a shiny penny and people like you are staring at his bumhole going, oh, bloody hell, that's a picture of a nice house. What? So what is it about my core argument that you disagree with? It In, like... The argument you're, you're, the argument that yeah. you're making yeah. exists in a void. So you're saying and that it's predicated and, on an unstable foundation. And, and, yeah, and you're applying it to something that you've got no experience of. You're, right. you're specifically leveraging that argument against a, a series of works that all you've seen is an advert for. And from that, you're talking in very loaded terms about scraping the bottom of the barrel, derivative, artistic integrity about something that you haven't even seen. Yeah. That's Yeah. What? But but the but the foundation of my argument was based on the 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 tedious reaction I had to seeing an advert for yet another Your tedious reaction is not somebody else's fault. No, but it, it's it's a foundation of my argument. It's it's my personal emotional response to that was oh my god it's another one. This is crowding is that, out is room for something a, yeah, interesting. Yeah, but is that not a failure on your part if you've not even se- if you'd seen the first one and saw the second one? As I said, one, I'm fully open to the idea that these might be incredibly in- integral, you know, works no, of no, artistic no, 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 merit. No, no, no. But I don't, don't think they tr- are. Don't, don't try and undermine what I'm saying by saying, "Oh, perhaps they're actually fan." Oh, oh, guy. I suppose if you're arguing that they're these magical, okay, no, needless what, ad hominem, but what, fine. From you. <laughs> The person who is adding my hominem. Fucking, there's so many straw men here, it's like a Wurzel Gummidge convention. What you're doing is reacting to something based on nothing, based on your own internal like, either prejudice or snobbery, and then you're speaking about it. Oh, it was like, based on my reaction. It was based on my, my reaction to that piece of supposed art. But you haven't seen that piece of supposed art. No, and but I've when, seen, and I've seen I, the, I've seen the function I, that it has I, in the no, not creative the function landscape. That it has. Then when I question I am responding I question, to my, to when my I reaction to question you about it, you then go, oh, well, I can <laughs> see that it might be this really... Without even considering that maybe... You should look at. You should see. I'm, a thing. I'm reacting to my personal response mm. to ha- having seen an advert for yet another derivation of this particular core conceit. But you haven't seen the core conceit. It doesn't matter. How? It doesn't matter. That's How? not what I'm reacting to. What? If I were responding to the play itself, then I would respond to the play itself. What I'm responding to here is my initial reaction to having seen advertised yet another iteration of a core conceit, which feels already another, like well, it's... Here we are. Yes, yet those are rhetorical flourishes, conceit. because that's what I'm doing. It feels already. Yes, it's, it's, it's a rhetorical it's, it's flourish. No, it's no, it's not. It's called 
critical argument. It's not critical argument if you're not <laughs> arguing against anything. You're just saying this <laughs> this thing is bad because it's popular and there's lots of it. I saw an I'm ad- not saying I that. saw an advert once and this, I got again, the I saw man. an advert once and I got Mardi. Therefore, as a result, this entire organization is without any kind of integrity. And I I just think if you're, I'm not, to, if I'm you're not, talking, I'm not sure I agree with your characterisation of the talk, argument. If you're there. talking with such sort of weight and such force about a thing that you haven't seen, but that's not I what we're talking about. We're not talking about whether or not I've seen something. But if you, we're talking about, we're talking about the fact that they keep being produced. We're oh, not talking about they the play might itself. Be good. And and don't be like, oh, I'm, you know, they might be. Yeah, they, they might, might be, be, but that's not what I'm times, talking about. But they might be good, Catherine. Maybe that's why they keep getting produced. They might be good. Maybe. They're certainly It's popular. unlikely, but maybe. Oh, it's unlikely, is it? How many theatres have you got running on the West End? How can you, like... But, this, that's, but that, that just plays in... Nothing. That plays into my point, though. What? How what? many things do you see in the West End? Well, I'm, that's because this, 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 it keeps, keeps getting pumped out to fill the seats, you know, put bums on seats. And that's fine. But it doesn't necessarily have the artistic integrity of something novel or new. I don't know whether or not it does, but I suspect, given the fact that it keeps getting, as I say, reiterated keeps in getting, this format, keeps getting made. God, no, no, not gonna, keeps getting made. To learn about Hamlet, not keeps and getting made. And then the ma- derivative no, Rosencrantz the same- and Guildenstern are dead. Bloody off. That's a transformative work. Oh, is it? Okay, that's different. This then. is like arguing with a pigeon. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Oh dear. So anyway, no, what, no. what precipitated this argument? I don't know. All I know is that you started it. I did not. You bloody <laughs> it's did. It's all on tape and everything. It is. <laughs> I, I just feel like you, I don't know, maybe it's because when, the way my brain works, when I listen to somebody say something, or if I read something, my brain says, well, that's probably true. You should agree with that. That's, you know, that's okay. Some, somebody else is saying that. That's coming from a position of authority. But then when people assume authority and talk with authority about something that they have no authority and no actual but tan- I, tangible experience. But I did have authority on this because what I was talking about was my response to something. I was using that as a. Yeah, but your response. I was is using that. I was nothing. using that as a touchstone to talk about a wider issue to do with sort of derivative work. No, you you were you were using your response as a cudgel, and your response itself wasn't based on or grounded in anything other than, I saw an advert and it made me mardy. Like, that's... Uh, that's an incredibly simplistic characterisation, which you, I don't think just gives, you, does justice you, to you the You argument. said, I saw an advert and thought, <clears throat> oh, bloody hell, they're doing this. Yes, that was my but, personal response to it. Yeah, but that's... And my, everything that I said based from that was my personal response. When you wrote an essay at school, mm. did you proceed every sentence with, I think that? No. Why? I was busy. When you were writing an English essay, so did you did you sort of start every sentence with I think that or it may be considered that or we may consider that? No. Something along those lines. Why not? I don't know. I was, right. I was so the reason we do that the reason we don't do that is because it's assumed that everything in the essay is the argument and you're arguing persuasively and forcefully. And so you state things as fact. And that's what you do when you're doing a critical argument. You 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 assume that part of authority. You've pushed back against that, and that's fine. And I welcome oh, that because it fine. leads I'm to. I'm allowed to, to <sighs> ask questions. You. Know, that's very it leads to an interest. That's not what I'm saying. Don't be disingenuous. You've pushed back on that in an interesting way, which has led to this interesting and, and constructive back and forth. That's good, actually. <laughs> I, I just. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
Oxbridge does things to your brain. That's what this is. This is this is this is no good. But also, do you not think there's something interesting about what you said about like you know just accepting something on authority? Oh yeah, that's probably autism. Well, yeah, but that that's interesting in and of itself in terms of you know thinking about thinking about thinking and metacognition and critical thinking. Maybe so, that's what the magic that goes wrong is all about about metacognition. And it's all about thinking about... In which case, it would be a very interesting work. Well, I suspect it's not, but, but it you, would be a very interesting work. You suspect what you like. I just, it's... I, d- I, I don't know. There's something that, that riles me to be like, <laughs> it, here I am talking with tremendous authority about baked beans. Like, oh, have you eaten any baked beans? No. Okay, have you smelled any baked beans? No, I've never smelled any but baked beans. But that's how you construct okay. an well, argument. Well, that's nothing, though. Also, you, you've just... I mean, that is a classic straw man. Oh, no, no. Oh, my baked de- my, beans. My degree's in breakfasts. Okay, in, in any of your breakfast degree, did you have baked beans? No. I did have tinned peaches, and they're what? from a can. I do not understand what you're talking about now. Well, like, I can't get the metaphor. It's eluding me. The meta- <laughs> I can't get the metaphor. It's illegal. The it's, illegal baked beans I said beans it's eluding metaphor. me, but, but... No, I know, yeah. but I just like the it's idea an of illegal an illegal metaphor. metaphor. And if you if you apply baked beans to an argument, the police will come, and they won't tell you why. <laughs> yeah, maybe beans means fines. You just you just flopped a fried egg on a fruit salad. There is what you've done. Come on, beans means fines. Beans means fines joke. is very good, especially because the additional layer of that implies that because it's a fine, it's legal for the rich. Yeah, that means that rich people could eat baked beans all the time. Yeah, and they do. And they Ooh. do. Oh, no. What? How many baked beans do you reckon, like, on an individual bean basis, yeah. could you get up your nose and swallow before you were like, I don't want to do this? No, no, none. None? None. I've got very little nostrils. One of them is much smaller than the other. £200,000 per bean. I just, I don't think, I don't think I could physically do it. Like, I physically don't think it could happen. Really? My nostrils are too small. I and reckon, I've got a deviated septum. I reckon I could become a millionaire, but I wouldn't like it. Right, are you, are you talking about like snorting the beans and no, then not, swallowing like, not doing them? You know, like when you get, like you drink milk and it goes the wrong way and comes out your nose? Yeah, Do you mean the like reverse that? of that. The reverse obviously. of that, but with a bean. Yeah, so you put a bean in your nose, you go... I did that you, once accidentally with like a... Oh, what was it? A pea? It was, no, it was like a... Yeah, it was a something steak. like a pea. No, it was a tiny a little bit of pudding. food or something. And I accidentally laughed while I was eating and breathed oh, and it, it in through out. my nose and it came out in my mouth. It How was disgusting. did it get up your nose if I you have laughed? no idea. Like, I have no idea. I snorted, accident- I snorted accidentally. But a snort That's is an out sound. Yeah. I must have just breathed in to laugh very strongly. <laughs> I just like the idea of your head a foot and a half away from the place and, you go, <laughs> and just a pee goes... Whoa. Like when Donald Duck smells something good. Yes. Yeah. But sort of the reverse of that, because then it's the duck floating towards the pie. Yeah, In this yeah. case, it would be the pie, <laughs> the pie floating, floating towards, towards the, the duck. duck. Yeah. There we go. That's the episode title. The pie, the pie floating towards the duck. Um, on that note, uh, uh, which, you... which in and of itself, again, to use the hated phrase, is an interesting description of our previous argument. Why? Well, because it's a reversal. Right. Yeah. So it's like a reversal of the role. Normally, you're talking bollocks, and I'm arguing against you. Oh my you. god. <laughs> Do you not think you could get a single baked bean up your nose and into your mouth? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
I mean, apart from anything else, the, the structural integrity of the bean would be compromised well, that's, that's, by its passage well, through anything, the nasal that's, cavity. That's, that's, well, no, there's not going to be a man with like white gloves at the end taking it off your tongue <laughs> and, and checking Inspecting it and putting it. it back in the tin. It's like, could like you... even then, I don't think. No, I genuinely don't think so. And the reason for that, as I've said, is, is for physical reasons. I've got a deviated septum. Do you not give it a try. No, I've got a deviated septum and, and like two pounds. two tiny nostrils. It would no, it just wouldn't work. It would be uncomfortable and horrible. Well, yeah, but then you. And I don't. I literally, it literally, physically wouldn't wouldn't work. You wouldn't even try it. No, because I, I know I'd be on a hiding to nothing for no for no reason other than an unpleasant sensation. Re- there's a chance you other get than an unpleasant sensation, but the chance is so small but as to there. be as to be infinitesimally small. I don't think that's true. For, for me, it is. Like I, I know my body. I, I know my I nose. I have an endoscopy camera right you've here. You've got you've got will, you've got clear straight have, nasal passages. I have one nostril that's that's closer than the other. Don't really? give me that. Yeah, no, you don't. Yes, I, I bloody Where? do. Which one? Well, it's the one that's that's that. I think it's that one. There's, there's, it. Oh, so you know your body and you no, know I'm my body. No, I'm looking at it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look like do it. Is what I'm saying. It doesn't oh, look like oh, it. Again, that, that one's slightly bigger. The right one's slightly. Oh, bigger. so one nostril is is different size to the other. No, it's not. But that one's slightly bigger. This no, is no, it's the it's one a, you look, pointed to. That one is definitely narrower than the other. Look. A little bit, yeah. Oh my god, it's impossible to talk to you. It's similar. Is what it is. Our nostrils no, are so similar. Much, well, much you smaller. wouldn't have to put it in the nostril that's small. You do it in the big one. Put it in the strong. big one, and even then, I don't think it would fit. I don't want to put a baked bean in my. Why are you being horrible to me I'm today not being about baked beans? To... I'm just saying. I think it shows a an unwillingness to put yourself out into the world that you wouldn't try to suck a baked bean up your nose for two hundred thousand pounds. I don't want to. But you'd though. have two hundred thousand pounds. But I don't want to have a baked bean stuck up my nose. Well, it wouldn't be stuck up your nose. Okay, there's a team of emergency services personnel with a special bean you, removal. You have team. invented several guys to get mad at today. No, all of them are you. Yeah, you've invented several different versions of me if, which don't concord with reality and you have got mad at them. If Catherine didn't exist, <clears throat> Guy would invent her to get mad at <laughs> Yeah, that's what's happened today. No, I'm so genuinely, team of ENTs... I don't want to put a bean pounds, up my nose. Two hundred thousand. Not even for two hundred thousand pounds. I don't want to try and put a bean up my nose. Pounds. I just. I you'd don't... be. You'd be fine. You'd be well looked after. There's no medical danger. I just. I, the thought of it is horrible. Maybe it's because I've done so many COVID tests. Maybe it's because I'm like now. You like you know the sensation of having that horrible stick right up your nose. Hmm. Um. I. I just. The. The thought of that just makes me absolutely want to vom. So I. I just. The thought of a bean up my nose is like no. But it wouldn't be up your. No- it would be like briefly up your nose because it would be in transit. It's not. Do you want? But how to do you mod- guarantee that it goes all the way around rather than getting stuck? Well, because if it doesn't, you've got a team of EMTs with special bean extraction do you, equipment. Do you get the two hundred thousand pounds anyway? No. Well, then we go. I'm not going to risk it. Why not? Because I don't you want might to. Might get two hundred. Because I don't pounds. want to. All right. Well, you- sufficient. Okay. No amount uh, of money is going to induce me to put a baked bean up my nose. But it's not putting a baked bean up your nose. It's, or it's even, using a nose for no, transit. No, for it's not. Bean. No amount of money is going to, to make me put a baked bean up my nose. Two hundred thousand pounds if you succeed. If you try and you fail, you get a free full plate at Toby Carvery of your choosing every month for the rest of your life. That's tempting. There we go. Yeah, all right. Okay. Right. Everyone's, so long as I'm getting something. Everyone's got their price. <laughs> yeah, but and so long as North, I'm getting something. It's a Toby Carver. <laughs> but in that case, I'm getting something. You're getting Previously, something. it was like all or nothing. I've just worked out I could feasibly fund you having a Toby. Hang on. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, but could you also fund me the £200,000? But you said you wouldn't try it. 
but that's that's a that that's not the same thing. You sweetened the deal, so it's a win-win. I mean, one win is significantly bigger than the other, but it's still a win-win. If you just say, "Oh, you put a bait me up your nose to go all the way around, and you'll get a Toby Calvary every month for the rest of your life," that's like, well, that's fine. I was going to say you'd that's consider not, that as well. Wouldn't I'd, you? I'd consider it, but that's not. Do you know that because there's a win, but that's not you know that's not the the same. You as know, a Toby Calvary the... is cheaper than two hundred thousand pounds, right? You could, yeah. Is it just because one is tangible and one like? No, it's it's because. Um, so in the, in the first example, it was either two hundred, it was two hundred thousand pounds or nothing, hmm. right? In the second one, you sweeten the deal by saying it's either two hundred thousand pounds if it works, or a Toby Carvery every month if it doesn't. Presumably, if it does, you get the two hundred thousand pounds and the Toby Carvery. No, you, I'm get, the, you, get, the you just get the two hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Look, I'm not made of money. Um, so the third option, where it's like nothing at all for if it goes around, or a Toby Carvery. No, no, no. If it goes around, you get the Carvery. But but if it doesn't go around, you get nothing. Yeah. Oh no, I wouldn't. No. Okay. No. The point is that you get something at the end of it, something tangible at the end of it. Whether that's two hundred thousand pounds or the Toby Carvery is irrelevant. Uh, but not okay. irrelevant, but you know what I mean. If it goes around, you get the Toby Carvery yeah. once a month. Uh, if it doesn't, you get two free goes on a hooker duck. Nope. Do you know what the prices on the hooker duck nope. are? No. No. Prices on the hooker duck could be because the prize big. is more gambling. So no. Okay. It has to be a, a definitive tangible prize that you will get. I would say the prize of having a go on a hooker duck is to have a go on a hooker duck. The, the prize of the hooker I duck I had a go on a hooker duck recently. When? When I went to the um, like Wild West immersive Oh, did they have a hooker thing. duck? They had a hooker duck competition. It was great. That's nice. Yeah. That's very Wild well, it was, West. It was a hooker um, platypus. Hooker platypus. Yeah. Oh no, well, a, a hooker platypus. It was like little sort of plastic platypuses. They were very good. Is it platypuses? Platypes? Platypies? Platypies? Platypus. Platypus. How do you pronounce anopheli? Is it E-E or an? I've never pronounced it before. What does it like, mean? Like your mosquito lads. I don't know if it's... Um... I have no idea. Why are you asking me? So like uh, anopheles, marsh mosquitoes. Anopheles, yeah. yes. I'd, I'd say anopheles. Like, how do you I'd say anopheli. So the mosquito... So it's a pronunciation Anopheli, I reckon. Anopheli. E-E. Anopheli? Yeah, it's from, yeah. It's from a giant medieval. i got no idea. Based on the old uh, the mosquito lads. Um, anyway, I just wondered whether it would be an EE. I don't know. An Ophelie, because the Probably. II or an Ophelie. Probably. Or an Ophelie. I want to talk about Bigfoot today. And All right. We got. Um, have I finished my tea? Have you finished your tea? I haven't, but it's gone cold it's and it's cold. got bits in it. Oh, no. Like gazpacho We've got soup. Tea, tea dust. Have you had gazpacho soup? I don't think I've ever had any. I don't think no. I've ever had any. No. It's supposed right. to be cold, you know. It's gazpacho soup. Um, that's the only thing I know of it, is Red Dwarf. And Rimmer's uh, distaste for it. We talked on the podcast about recasting Red Dwarf if they were making a movie of the novelizations. I think so, but you were going to talk to me about Bigfoot. I was going you to piqued talk. my interest. Ooh. What, what, well, go ahead. what do you want to know about Bigfoot? I what, what, well, are you, what are you talking about? What, Bigfoot? what are your thoughts about Bigfoot? Oh, I thought you had something to say. Uh, not really. I just wanted to talk about Bigfoot. <laughs> right. You know, when you wake up on a Sunday morning, you're like, oh, I could really talk about Bigfoot. I don't find cryptids very interesting. Do you not? I have to say, Are you no. more of an anomalies of science kind of gal? I like anomalies of science, but I'm not mad interested in cryptids. I think cryptids are a bit like... It, it feels like people inventing a thing to get excited about. Well... Like, I, like we know that there are undiscovered species. Look at those. Big, like that frog Big, that big fucking whoop. Yeah. I mean, it's very exciting when there are undiscovered species is found, but... 
That's not a mystery. Do you find it interesting? So Bigfoot used to be like, what if there was a big man? Like a big lopey bloke with his sneakers. I think the idea was walk, like it was a about. sentient sort of Yeah, like a, a sort of yeah. quasi-sentient uh, guy living in a big hill. Now, presumably because everybody's got cameras and in the same way that you expect to see more pictures of UFOs flying saucers and, yeah. and ghosts and all of that now that everybody's got a camera, but surprisingly there's not. Now, the existence of Bigfoot within the minds of those who believe in him is that he's like a multidimensional alien that's telepathic and can phase so, out of view. So the reality of Bigfoot has changed to the fit reality the reality of, of the world yes. within which he fits. And I, I just following think, the pattern of cultish beliefs everywhere. Yes, I just think it's really interesting that it's gone from yes. what what if a big hairy man, what if a yeah. Harry Amber Hendersons, and it's now like oh yeah, Bigfoots are there, but they commune telepathic telepathically and they can hide in plain sight. And they've got powers. The day of the predicted Armageddon comes and goes, so the death cult changes its well, philosophy. This is why I like the Church of the Subgenius, it. because their end of the world day was X Day, which was, I think, in 1996. And they, their point of view is either it happened and this <laughs> is the aftermath, or the date was upside down, so X Day is... Uh, 9,961 or whatever. Um, and so there's an X-Day party every year, yep. which is just a big rave, yep. um, where they celebrate the world either ending or will or going to have Great. ended. Yeah. yeah, Great. Triple your money back if you go to hell. Mm. I'm down with that. Yeah, I need the loo. Do you need the loo? Mm. Well, think about Bigfoots, and then they will telepathically... No, well, I will have to go. St- no. What have I told you? I'm going to have to go to the loo. I will... I was all right when we started. We're between. You ser- cannot turn this podcast. We're around. between service stations. The next one is in fifteen miles. You're going to have to wait. We can't I'm go. Not on, we can't go on the hard shoulder. I'm not there because I can go upstairs. Wait, there's no upstairs balloon. in a car. I'm not in a car. What? They didn't know that. This. Could... I do actually need to go to the thing. I'm sorry. Well, what am I going to do? You could do a mini podcast. You could pause the podcast. You could do like a little. You could tell everyone about. Um, like yeah, your so... Lego models. Oh, have you seen the new Lego Bowser? No, I haven't. But tell oh. everyone about it. No, because I want to tell you about it. Okay, give me. T- I genuinely do need the loo for a second. Well, this. Sorry. Unbe- Sorry. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Like, I'm. I'm here, trying to make a nice, like, not necessarily a nice, but a. A product that's worth listening to. Something that maybe uh, maybe you right now who's listening to this. Yeah, that's right. You, Bram. Like, maybe you're listening to this and you're on a walk. Maybe you're going to the shops. Maybe you're doing the washing up. Maybe you're exercising or sitting and playing a video game with this on in the background. I want to make something that you can, that you can listen to that will maybe make you think that will maybe, I don't know, bring a smile to your face. But generally, sort of surrounding all that will have a sense of cohesion and a sense of professionalism to it, a sense that the people who are making this are actively trying to make a product that's good, that that sounds good, that's interesting, that's, that's worth listening to. And then what... What we've actually got is a 45-minute row and then Catherine goes to the loo 
and leaves me making a sort of meta commentary on the work that I'm making as the work itself is being made. Which, I suppose if Catherine was here, she'd say that that was actually quite an interesting thing. And that when a work begins to reflect on itself, it starts to walk a fine line between interesting and important and self-indulgent wankery. And that line is is fine enough to be almost see-through, sort of razor sharp. And it takes a very deft hand to, to walk it. I don't want to say straddle it, because that conjures up uncomfortable imagery. And yet she's not here. So all I'm doing is monologuing to a thermostat some calligraphy that says Biff because of an email that I unintentionally sent to the Treasury Department of the organisation that I work for and a nice painting of an opossum that we've got on our wall. Hello, love, and it sort of leaves me to wonder, is this self-reflective art or self-indulgent wankery? Hello. Hello. How was your toilet? Thank you. What are you talking about? Um, whether it's art or wankery. What is? When art starts remarking upon itself and how art that is interrogative to the art that's being produced is either interesting or horseshit. I think it has to be done... Deftly. Deftly and elegantly, yes. That's what I said. And so, because it was me saying it, probably wasn't done that deftly. Um, but that's your fault for doing a toilet. I just sit here feeling uncomfortable and needing the toilet. Like a... Well, I thought you never needed the toilet. No, but I like to pretend sometimes. <laughs> like how the angel in Dogma would, you know, have a sip of drink and then gob it out again. It's nice to nice to pretend, isn't it? Who was an angel? Shouldn't like couldn't he just drink whatever he wanted? No, I think the thing in Dogma was they had no like internal pipes. You know, played by Alan Rickman. Was he um Yeah, I haven't the, seen the, it in years and years and years and years. Me- Megatron. Metatron. Meta Metatron. There we go. Not Megatron. That's a different <laughs> film. Should we talk about Garfield? Have you seen the um Magic the Gathering cards that is Starscream? No. Starscream's now a Magic the Gathering card. Oh. Yeah. I'll have a that's, look when we're done. That's all. I suppose we better talk about Garfield. All right. You've 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 been to the toilet, now you're ready to talk about Garfield. Yeah. Well, I've got Garbage stuff to out, do. garbage in. Yeah. Go, go on, then. Go on. Oh, you know what? I do like the first panel. <laughs> like this... The, God help me. Everything about this first panel is funny. Right. Am, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Oh, uh, once again, um, if you're listening to this and you've not seen today's comic, do draw along with mm. how we describe it. Mm. Um, again, thanks to Stupidity Vortex on Twitter uh, for churning a lot of these out. Other people have as well. We do appreciate you. And it's such a treat to see people's drawings. They are really good. Catherine, please describe this this demonstrably good first panel. Um, so the first panel this is this three-panel strip. Um, like your average day. I wonder what day of the week August the 11th was in 1978. Um, it's Friday. Was it a Friday? Got to get mm. down on Friday. It was a Friday. It was a funny thing. Um, 
so Odie is bouncing along the top of a table, and we can tell it's a table because it's actually got an end to it. It's it not looks like a bit like a tablecloth as well. Yeah, put the tablecloth on it, um, and Odie is kind of looking at the viewer. He's um, proinking again. His 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 legs proinking. are pointed like a lamb's legs. His neck is really long and weird. Um, his bum is quite round. His tail yeah. is pointing straight up. His tongue is out, and there's a couple of movement lines. There's the the proink movement lines from his back end, mm. which. You could uncharitably imagine that he's just pooed a bouncy ball and it's yeah, bouncing off the table. Yeah. But you can see the movement lines where he's proinking. There's a couple of movement lines, one from his tail and a wibbly one by his head. Two flecks of drool are coming off his tongue. His tongue is, is pointing backwards. His ears are pointing backwards. There's a great sense of speed here. There's movement and and, and, and stupidity as well. It, intense stupidity. Yeah, and Oji is looking at yeah. the viewer with wide eyes and a There's big no, idiot's no, no, no eyelids um, and just kind of two small dots in the middle, which I think is supposed to denote intense stupidity. Sort of wide-eyed, intense, stupid um, glee. And in the background, um, we see, <laughs> again, it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Have we just have we just become like... We're Garfield. We're Garfield, We've, we've yeah. gone full Garfield um, mode. So Garfield is looking at Odie with... A dis- an expression of extreme dismay. Just distaste. Um, like, his yeah. eyelids are flat and sort of three-quarter... Like, his eyes are three-quarter open, I think. They're not quite half-lidded, but very flat. His mouth is very downturned. He's not, like, angry. He's not sad. He's just... He's he's dismayed. He's dismayed. Yeah. There's a kind of exhausted, unbelieving, like... <clears throat> he can't quite comprehend what he's seeing, but not in a shocked way, in a like, oh this, my this God. This is unreasonable. This mm. is, ab- ab- yeah, it's, it's very funny. It's it is very a very funny, funny picture the, of Garfield. Uh, it's a funny picture of Odie, real idiot face, lots of movement. Garfield very still, his face really sagging. It's quite small Garfield. The, the small, Garfields small Garfields are funny. Monstrously sleep post small Garfield. <laughs> Um, it's quite funny. He's he's a little bit in the background, so he's a little bit small. He's very glum. Yeah, it's a nice juxtaposition between the motion and the, the dynamism of Odie and the glumness of Garfield. It's it's a funny panel. Yeah, setting up a dynamic that would entertain and thrill for decades to come. Coming up next on Look North. Don't raise it's your exhausting, eyebrows. Exhausting, isn't me. it? How derivative. Don't. Oh, oh! I tell you what. It's a. <laughs> It's a long marriage, isn't it? We're here for a long time, not a good time. <laughs> hey. Right. Um, Odie's ears are all waggle. Lots yeah, of movement. He's going for it. Glum Garfield. Lots of movement in the second panel. Um, yeah, so Odie just crashes onto the floor. He doesn't even kind of <laughs> seem to have any momentum. So there's just like straight a little... Up there's a line. Down. Yeah, there's a line that looks... Imagine... I mean, it's obviously meant to didn't like indicate a movement line. Mm. But if you imagine that it's like a hose that's just going straight up and then straight down again, it, you kind of get the feel for where, yeah. where o- Odin has gone. Not he's got forwards. no forward momentum, no, which is bizarre he, he considering how quickly up. he's been going. He leaps up and then falls directly downwards. A bit like an anvil throne would do. Yes. A little um, bit Or, up or like then... um, Wiley Coyote running off a cliff. Sort of, but that that suggests a pause. Whereas there was this, no pause. This is just straight down. Yeah, but yeah, it's, the direction straight. of movement is the same. Yeah, if you're playing like a, a video game, either a turn-based video game or something where you get like different weapons, you can imagine something that's like a, a fireball that you throw on the ground and a little pixelated image of this thing moving and then hitting with a splat. That's the sort of thing yeah. we're looking at. 
And a uh, huge crash. Huge in the crash. Garfield looks like he's being blown by an enormous fan. He's his ears are set backwards. His eyes are closed. He's recoiling. His two little cat arms are up in front of him, like trying to, to shield himself. himself. Yeah. Um, notice that it seems to have knocked the colour off his ears. In the oh, first yeah. panel, his ears are, are black and orange. And then in the second panel, they're just orange. I'm assuming this is a colorist. I sure hope someone That's got fired for that Yeah, I wonder blunder. what happened there. Well, it was probably Jim Davis who would have done the ink. Well, I sure hope someone got fired for that blunder. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. It would have been, I would have liked this panel even better if it had shown like two little triangles of black shooting off. off. Like yeah. someone being so yeah. shocked that their hat flies yeah. away. Garfield <laughs> becoming so startled by the sound that the colour of the inside of his ears pops off yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Garfield is recoiling from the impact of Odie falling off the table. And then in the final panel, we get like a close-up on him um, kind of leaning up against the table with, um, he's got like his head in, he's got one one arm propped on an elbow, the other arm flat out on the table, and he's kind of he propping his head up back. in his hands. Yeah. He's still set back and he is still without the colour. Yeah, um, and he's got a, a like exasperated, closed eyes expression on his face. And he's saying, 10 billion dogs in this world and I get Tweedledee the Wonder Dummy, which is like, I, I think this would have been funny if there was no text at all. I've I've got the ideal final strip for this, mm. or the ideal final panel. Obviously get rid of that text. Yeah. That's bullshit. So, OD, first panel, running, Garfield yeah. looking grumpy, then crash. Yeah. I say we pull back to something similar to the first panel. Garfield with the facial expressions that he's got in the third panel. Yeah. Odie is bouncing across the table again. He's got a plaster on his head and a neck in a brace. And he's doing the same thing and again. And he's bouncing, yeah. going in the other direction. So it's as if he's he's fallen. There's yeah. the cartoon effect yeah. of yeah. you've fallen, you've got dusted up, so you've now got a plaster and a neck brace. That'd be quite funny, yeah. And yeah, then that would be good. Garfield's exasperation is that the dog hasn't learned. Yeah. The initial exasperation was this is a very ebullient dog. Very yeah. ebullient yeah. dog. And then there's the crash, and then nothing changes. The dog is injured, but still carrying on happy as Larry. Garfield doesn't think his derivative fucking 10 billion dogs in this world, like a Tweedledee the Wonder Dummy, which is just, it's a hat on a hat. And instead, we have... I like have... that expression. I've not heard that before. You've not heard it? A hat on a hat. A hat on a hat. Yes, a hat on a hat. I like that. I, I stole that from the Duckfeed channel. Mm. I'm assuming it existed before then. Not that they couldn't come up with it. I really idioms. like a hat on a hat. It's, Putting it's, a hat on a hat. It's a hat on a hat. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. And that's what this is. Whereas if you had Odie visibly impacted by his fall, yeah. but spiritually unchanged. Completely unscathed. That's, yeah. And then that's why Garfield is looking, because he hasn't learned. Yeah. And he knows that this that is what would this be funnier. is. It suggests a cyclical nature. Yeah. It would suggest that this is what Garfield is doomed to. The dog will this never is who learn from his is. mistake. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Instead, that's much better. Instead, what we've got is <clears throat> some... It's... Well, it's because Jim Davis sort of taught himself to draw. Um, I'm assuming, you know, he must have done courses and all the rest of it. He's a person who can draw in search of a um, the ability to write. <laughs> Wow. And, he, and he, he has the former, but not the latter, I suspect. Yeah. I'd like you to draw that, please, today. I know you've got some art to do, but if you could please draw a replacement panel, I'd be delighted. I probably could. I'd really like to see it. I'd, I'd like to see my idea brought <laughs> into this world. Just OD. Garfield, a derivative work. Yeah. Little plaster on his forehead. Little neck brace, still looking as stupid. Garfield looking like that. 
Going in the same direction or the other direction? Other direction. Other direction. Because then it suggests a cyclical nature, just yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back and yeah. forth forever. He's going that way in that panel, middle panel, and then it's it's a mirror as well. It's like a um, yes, it's like I a see. chiasmus, yeah. and there's a nice sort of symmetry to it. Garfield by way of Alan Moore. Yeah. I'd genuinely like to see that. Yeah, if we've got time. Do you know what I wouldn't genuinely like to see? Mondays. Actually, no, that's not true. I like Mondays. You're only saying that so I don't spend the next 45 minutes saying things that you infer mean that you're Garfield the cat. Well, my art class is on Monday now, which is nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Should we try that again? Should we try what? my What seamless... don't you like to see? I don't like to see... Is it the comments? It's the... Oh, no. Oh, oh. hey. Oh, uh. let's go. Hey, oh, let's go. OD in the back seat. Something, something, something. No, <laughs> Blitzkrieg Bop. No. Okay. I was joining in. You in the best way I know You how. can't join in when only you're playing the game. <laughs> but, but what are the rules? Catherine going round fucking playgrounds with a welding <clears throat> torch, welding the seesaw into position. I'm joining in, she says, as a child dangles forever helpless. Three feet above the ground. That was, that was quite rude. <laughs> uh, oh, we've got a new commenter today. I think that was very cruel. Well, yeah, you shouldn't have welded it in place. They were enjoying- You've been constantly inventing a version of me to get mad at. One which has no bearing on reality whatsoever today. I mean... No. I'm... I'm Mm. Let us go through the comments before the, I get mad the, and put it in the paper that I got. Mad. The wire mesh was there. <coughs> I really applied to the clay. Uh, we got a new commenter, uh, which is Nivolk, over 12 years ago, with quite a cool, um, what's the word? Uh, icon, avatar. It's like a little car with a face. Oh, yeah. I like it. Lol, now Garfield will get the idea of pushing Oddie from the treble by kicking him. Pushing Oddie from the treble. Mm. Now, what? why does that... Pushing Oddie from the treble. That It's because it's the cadence of Teenage Mutant. No, it's not. That's that's a key fitting a lock in my head that I can't quite place. Deja vu? No, and it's pushing Oddie from the treble. It there's either some famous nonsense or a line from something. Are you thinking of the jabber walking? Something like that? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Guy and Gimble in the way, pushing yeah. Odie from the treble. Yeah, maybe. There's something, yeah. Maybe maybe it is a Lewis Carroll kind of thing. Uh, now Garfield will get the idea of pushing Oddie from the treble by kicking him. He won't, though, because no, not, none of that is suggested no. by the text. Stop breaking the fourth wall, Odie, and watch where you're going, will you? Says Sonic Explaining Wind. Explaining the joke. Uselessly. Odie was too busy looking at us, he didn't see the end of the text. Explaining think... the joke. Hang on, though. I also am misunderstanding the joke. I was going to say... He's not looking at us, it's just... What it's, if Odie yeah. is looking at us? Maybe. And Odie's happy to see us. That Maybe. just makes it sad. Yeah. Uh, our Tucker, well, I don't blame him, he wasn't looking where he was going, but that's. Uh. But you do blame him for that, because you should be looking where you're going. If somebody drives into you because they were looking at their phone... That's you, a self-contradictory sentence. You, yeah, you can't say, oh, well, I don't blame them, they weren't looking where they were going. Well, that that is... You bastards. Uh, Odie gets smarter. That's, that's like you responding to something I've said in microcosm. Is, is it? <laughs> yeah. Is, is, okay. Okay. Odie gets a bit smarter later in terms of the table, but Garfield will get to the best of him. Why this need to comment? They're, they're setting up a, like a, a kind like of a little club of people who really up understand a, like, a sense Garfield. of antagonism and back and forth yeah. when it's not like there's a bit of antagonism, but there's no back and forth yet. 
Um, Do you think this is like what happens when TV tropes gets to comment on Garfield? Like everything has to be neatly categorised into a little box. The antagonism, capital A, between Odie and Garfield. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did I just unleash something into the world? No. We should one day read the TV trope section. Nope. I want to read the fridge logic of Garfield. You think that should be a a special edition? You think that Garfield is actually this, but later you realise that Garfield hates Mondays because John goes to work. And he loves John secretly. Yeah, I want to do that. Uh, 7,500 EDG almost 10 years ago says, where's Tweedledum? Uh, Vulo the face borrower, who I'm beginning to suspect is a listener. Asking the big questions here on Go Comics, the home of Garfield on the web. I'm a premium member. Have a great day. I don't mind that comment. That doesn't anger me. No, it doesn't. Well, he does tricks. They're just not good tricks. That's not a trick, that's just... Oh, the wonder dummy. Like, oh, right. I maybe see. there's like... Oh, something the wonder dog. The wonder dog, yeah. yeah. That's oh, what it's fine. the thing on. Ha 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 ha! Thanks, Luke. Uh, Jack, I'm Odie. That cat's weird. I'm going to watch him bonk. Ouch. Okay, okay so there are peeing as Odie. Uh, dog lover 26. There are 10 billion dogs in the world. Not if Veej has anything to say about it. <laughs> wow. Uh, probably. Replies somebody every year ago. That that is <laughs> probably right. right. This, I have bought this product. One second. So I one can't second. Answer. One second. That reply from Dog Lover Twenty Six. There are ten billion dogs in the world? Question mark. And then a response from Mems Four One Six. Probably. I'm now declaring officially that that is the most useless contribution to any comment section. That has ever been posted on the internet. It's inc- there it is. It's incredible. That isn't is it? the most singularly valueless contribution <laughs> to the collective universal repository of human knowledge that is the scientific miracle of the internet. There it is. That the light bends round that conglomeration of words. Will this charge Will this charging valueless. cable work with my Samsung S21 5G? I don't know. I don't have an, a Samsung S21 5G or this charging but that, cable. But that at least infers the existence of a Samsung S21 5G. So there is some knowledge, some information contained within it. This has nothing. There are 10 billion dogs in the world. Question mark. Probably. That's it. Close down Probably. the internet. That's it. If, if we found the ultimate reckon. Yes. This is the ultimate reckon. The ultimate reckon. <laughs> Christ. Maybe that's what we should call the I episode. was just thinking that. <laughs> the, the ultimate reckon. So 54, yeah. by the really? way. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Cookie1371. Who else loves this Odie look? All right. Odie flew toe close to the sun. Hungry before crisps. Yep. Twitter, the wonder dummy. 25 what? days ago. All right. Satire! I guess. <laughs> Probably. Probably. There are te- there are ten billion dogs in the world. Probably. I think this is going to enter our just daily language. Probably. Like just you know, I'll be reading a book. You'll be I don't know sitting down playing a video game. And I'll say, cat. Are there ten billion dogs in the world? Probably. Like in the in the same way that Akewood has given us most rocks weigh about a pound. Yeah. There are ten and billion. And the expression dogs. such as. There are ten billion dogs in the world? Question mm. mark. Probably. 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 
the most valueless, <laughs> meaningless interaction on the entire internet. The ultimate record. There are 10 billion dogs in the world. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I like that. I really need to wee and have done for half cool. an hour. Well, you go for a wee then. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Thanks, everybody. Everyone. We really do appreciate it. Um, and we appreciate you specifically. Yeah, that's right. We do. It's really nice knowing that it's we nice. put yep. stuff out in thank the world. Thank you for your time, everyone. That brings people joy. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to support the show, there are two main ways you can do it. One, you can tell other people. You can be like, Oi, Milkman, listen to this Garfield podcast. No, come back. Um, tell people about it. Bring in your friends. Make sure that they start from like episode 15, and then if they really want to listen to the first ones, they can. Also emphasise that it's not really a Garfield podcast. Um, but it sort of is. Um, if anything, it's us railing against something bigger than us, and I think that's important to do in and of itself. Uh, ratings and reviews are really nice because uh, that can trick people into thinking that this is an audible product. I mean, as it in is, a product it's an audible, audible product. You can hear it. Sponsored by Casper mattresses. Mattresses made out of. We're not sponsored by Casps. We do get, keep getting emails from Acast. No. I, I don't want to put adverts on no. this, and I never will. No. However, if you'd like to give us money without advertising, without us advertising. Imagine I said that in a good way, please. That's your homework, listeners. Imagining that I'm in a convincing and powerful way suggesting that you go to patreon.com slash podcast and chipping in £3 a month to help us keep the kettle on. Yeah, I'm going to make... Do I want tea? Yeah, I'd love a cup. Maybe. That'd be great. I might make some tea, actually. Yeah. £3 a month gets you early release episodes. Should I put the kettle on while you're doing this? Fucking hell. Wow. Early release episodes and also access to I Don't Like Birthdays, which is a bi-weekly Patreon-exclusive show where we cover Garfield strips on our birthdays and other significant dates. So far, we've had the date of Cat's birth and the date of Queen Elizabeth II's internment. Uh, that episode was about 45 minutes of us discussing the benefits of uh, monarchy. It went exactly how you'd expect. Yes, yes, it was a... And quite a fitting Garfield mm. comic, to be fair. Not fitting in the sense of it being a tribute... But it being a uh, oh a wry reflection mm. on the state of the media, completely unintentional, mm. of course. Well, um, mm. six pound a month gets you access to currently an essay and a cryptic crossword. But more essays are due to come. Feels like we say this every week, or at least I do. Um, but you've got plans for an essay. You said something about it. Yeah, I'm and just you, need you to find made time notes to do it. last time I recorded yeah. it. Um, if you don't have to do that, that's fine. Well, you don't have to do that. We can't possibly force you. If you're Jim Davis and you're listening to this, uh, you can subscribe at the £10,000 a month level. Yeah. If you're not Jim Davis, but you'd like to give us £10,000 a month, you can't. Not at that level. You're not allowed. No. Don't. No. Stop it. Um, we have had some new Patreons, which I got halfway through putting together a list to thank at the end of this episode, and then just sort of didn't, because I think Patreon's changed the way it's presenting its data. So that's just something that I need to play about with um, in Excel at another point. Um, if you are a Patreon backer, we've not thanked you yet. Just imagine I'm saying your name now. Thank you very much. And we will do. No, well, don't talk over it when I'm saying that specific person's name. Thank you very much. This for feels disrespectful. Thank you somehow. very much for supporting us. Well, we are going to get there, but. In case they wanted you to You don't be... need to put a placeholder. No, but if they wanted to be thanked right there and then, they can pretend it was them. And then they can say to somebody that they're with, Oh, somebody on like on this podcast, Guy Kelly, one of the hosts, the more amenable 
of the two, if I dare say so myself, just thanked me specifically. No, you can't hear him say it because it was for me. It's not for you because you're not a Patreon backer of I Don't Like Mondays, the unedited husband and wife Garfield podcast. What's that smile for now? I've, I got nothing. The ultimate reckon has just... The ultimate reckon. That's it. Um, that's it. You know, cool. nothing else after that. Well, thank you very much for listening. We do genuinely appreciate yeah. it. Um, Catherine, I've it got... gives us a chance to sit down and talk bollocks for an hour. It, I really like it. It's nice making something with you it that is. brings people smiles. Uh, I have one final question for yep. you before we stop this recording. Catherine, there are 10 billion dogs in the world. Probably. 